This podcast is brought to you by our patrons. To help support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. This is your beer, liquor, and other beverage news for the week of April 4th, 2020. Wait, a lawsuit between breweries is actually going to court? Unlike U.S., Mexico doesn't think breweries are essential. The top 20 breweries of 2019, the answers won't surprise you. Making wine in your Instapot, that sounds safe and legal. All this and more on Have a Drink News. Welcome to Have a Drink News, the show where we cover the week's popular news about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Let's jump right into our first story. Hey, remember a little lawsuit we were talking about? Oh, what was it? Would have been three or four months ago now? Little little Is lawsuit. It that about... recent? I feel like it was even longer. I, uh, was it our last update on the? Uh... Oh, the last, not the last update. I just think I... when this whole thing started. Oh, no. when it started? Yeah. Yeah, when it started. But we've been updating. Uh, we're talking about the. Uh, Stone and Molson Coors lawsuit. So San Diego headquartered Stone Brewing's <coughs> long-running trademark infringement lawsuit against Molson Coors uh, Keystone brand will move to trial in October. So Stone I've never first... known how to pronounce the little trademark symbol. I recommend we start using burps as the pronunciation. For that. <laughs> in this show, yes. With a load them up early. Uh, Stone first brought the lawsuit against Miller Coors, uh, the U.S. business unit of Molson Coors, which is now known as Molson Coors Beverage Company. And if you want to crack that whole naming uh, nut open, we did a whole episode about uh, Miller Coors, Molson what Coors. Just Coors, yeah. The Coors family, that is the when, family name, is Coors. When, when your lawsuit's as cold as the Rockies, it's... <laughs> oh, but anyway, in February 2018, in the U.S. District Court, uh, Southern District of California, alleging that the April 2017 packaging and marketing refresh for the company's Keystone Light brand that more promptly featured the word stone infringed on the craft brewery's intellectual property. Both parties had filed for summary judgment to dismiss the lawsuit without a jury trial, but U.S. District Judge Roger T. Bennett's denied stones in part and Miller Coors in full in a document filed March 27th. Stone had also requested to strike portions of Miller Coors' summary judgment brief, which uh, the judge denied as moot. What, so that's weird that both parties wanted the whole thing dismissed without a jury. because well, Miller Coors filed a countersuit. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they, obviously, one would say, hey, no, you strike that whole thing when, like, they're like, no, you strike your thing. And gotcha. the whole... So... It's, yeah, uh, <laughs> although weird to see the actual use of the word moot being used. <laughs> Does it doesn't happen often. Uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, outside of a, what's the, what's the song? Jesse's Girl, Rick Springfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> point is kind of moot. Mm-hmm. All right, well, the court, having reviewed the fully briefed motion, declines uh, to rule on the motion as it finds the evidence sought to be stricken or alternatively to supplement the record will not change the outcome of the court's analysis with respect to defendant's motion for summary judgment. Oh, that's exciting. Just 
just rock hard legal jargon. <laughs> yeah. uh, the mm. years the years long lawsuit has centered on the strength of Stone Brewing's trademark. In earlier finding, the court ruled that the Stone mark uh, was conceptually and commercially strong and recognizable. Based on evidence Stone presented, that included the 1997 filing of its trademark. Uh, because the mark was not contested for five years, it earned incontestable status. Hmm. Miller Coors has argued that the Stone trademark is conceptually weak because at least 10 of the craft breweries actively use the word Stone in their name. Data submitted showed that 53% of beer drinkers surveyed had never heard of Stone Brewing. <laughs> what 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 wow. beer drinkers are they surveying? People at... People at a place that serves Bud Miller Coors. Say people who don't drink craft, which suggested that the stone mark is commercially weak. This disconnect will be determined by a jury, and so are, is it a jury of neckbeards. That that's what it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, defendant has provided some evidence that the word stone has been used in craft brewery names as well as it being an old style beer brewing technique, the court is unable to see a commonly understood connection between the mark and the product. Uh, furthermore, plaintiff also offers evidence that it has sold its products nationally. Nevertheless, viewing such evidence in the light most favorable to defendant, a finder of fact could reasonably conclude that plaintiff's marks are commercially weak. Weak? <laughs> All right. Uh, accordingly, the conceptual and commercial strength of plaintiff's mark is a question for the jury, he continued. All, all the judges' comments here. So, yeah, uh, Stone Brewing is seeking to recover the $1 billion in infringing sales that Keystone has made since the lawsuit began. Uh, in a statement, Stone Brewing CEO Dominic Ingalls called the move forward to trial a good day for independent craft beer and our employees. The court's order allows the jury to rectify years of injury to Stone's name and business. I mean, this has only been going on for like a year, but then again, by the time... It feels hmm? like so much longer. Three years since the incident occurred. <laughs> since the they did the refresh where it was using the Stone and all that. It was 2017. God. Feel old, yeah. I'm just like slowly... No one else can hear sounds of silence right now playing, can they? <laughs> <laughs> the court's order allows the jury to rectify years of injury to Stone's name and business. Uh, all of us at Stone are hopeful that hashtag true, true Stone versus Keystone. That's hard, like the hashtag. That's, that's no a bad spaces. hashtag. Yeah, that, that's a bad one. Uh, a bad one, Stone. Too, too many words. Will have a meaningful impact on Stone and on craft beer as a whole. No, at this point, it just makes Stone looks like douchebags. Like, like that they have to carry this on this far, and that they're like this hardcore about it. And I'm just like, can we not? And they're <laughs> defending. They're defending their intellectual property. I I get it, but at the same time, I'm like, you guys. Like, no, I mean, no one on earth should be confusing Keystone and Stone. <laughs> I I don't know. That's just... that's the risk Stone runs running. You know, taking this to trial. Like, there's just gonna be, you know, a whole lot of people who look at him like. I'm just picturing a lawyer coming up and going, here, allow people of the jury, if you would, please sample these beers. How could you confuse these? It's not about the product. It's about the name and the, the branding. The and labeling the at the time. Yeah. Good point. But still. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, 
I believe we'll just go ahead and scoot on to the next story, and we will update that one as it's going because that's really that's, some of the only like hardcore it's kind uh, of beer it's, news. It's going the on. Samsung versus Apple patent wars <laughs> of beer, mm, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I don't have a good segue for this one. <laughs> uh, speaking of wars, wars usually happen over borders. <laughs> right. Right. Sure. And there, down there was... south of our border. Here there in was America, a war there before. Uh, the American breweries have been classified as essential business and therefore allowed to stay open during the coronavirus pandemic. Same is not true down south. On Thursday, Grupo Modelo, the Mexican-based plant, parent company of Corona Modelo Pacifico, and other brands, announced in a press release that it will suspend beer production and marketing operations on Sunday, April fifth in compliance with a government order shutting down all non-essential business. As of recording, that's tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, statements notes, the statement notes that uh, agriculture and food production are still considered essential by Mexican government and says that governments decide, decides to clarify that beer production also counts as an agro-industry and it's prepared to resume production within, uh, with 75% of employees working from home. What? what? <laughs> huh? How? Unless they're like, hey, everybody, here's the recipe. Go home, brew it. <laughs> uh, well, Modelo is one of the first companies in Mexico to have implemented and strictly followed hygiene and safety measures recommended by the Mexican government and the World Health Organization. Statement adds, Mexico has been uh, the top source of imported beers in the U.S. since 2013 the customs value of almost $4 billion in 2019. Uh, That's four original Palace points. points. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Of the top 25 best-selling beer brands sold in the U.S. in 2019, four were produced by Grupo Modelo. So them shutting down, even for any stretch of time, is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that so if they shut down, is all the Corona and Modelo and all that is it all brewed south of the border? I, I don't know so. if all of it's brewed, but at least all the brewing facilities they have in Mexico are probably going to be shut down. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to a lot take, of these like, big places will have like multiple locations, but yeah, so. that's I'm wondering how much of it is done domestically. That can that you know supply won't be interrupted, but it's still like shelves will still take a hit. Uh, yeah, and it's it's going to probably affect production to some extent. It's going to make it harder for you know if they've got somewhere else making it that maybe they will pick up some of the slack. But you know, that's going to be a big problem with uh, Cinco de Mayo coming up as well. <laughs> well, if anyone's able to get out for Cinco de Mayo, yeah, I mean fact everything like that is kind of up in the air right now <laughs> wow uh, maybe maybe they'll have it get, give them the the uh the early jump maybe cinco to cinco to cuatro maybe uh i don't know the the it's it's interesting that that they are it's confusing that they are and are not a uh uh, uh, essential business, I guess. Like they're like, oh, well, they're not essential, and they go, well, okay, maybe they're kind of essential, but and they're like, oh, well, we'll just have them work from home, which I still don't know what they're doing. 
I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, who? Oh, they're homebrewing. I told you. Like, they're they're telling everyone to go screw around in their garage and see if they can come up with you know the next big beer recipe. I mean, that's got to be it, right? That's how uh, Goose Island comes up with uh, Bourbon County variants. Every no, that's every year they give uh, when one year comes out. Every every employee, every brewer gets was it a case? They get they get a pack. Like they get more than like one. I think they get like four or more beers, and then they're sent home with four of the base Bourbon Counties and told to just see what they can come up with, like adding things to it and screwing around. And that's usually where the variants come from. So they start infusing it with blackberry or whatever. Hmm. I mean, something could come with that. I don't know. It's a thought. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Just who knows what this will mean for for the future of... uh future of some of these these breweries but we do know what the past was for some of them yes indeed so uh yeah i was was really hoping somebody else would make that transition because i was like what i mean i was trying to transition (laughs) out five minutes ago and no one's getting the hint (laughs) we none of us are here anymore (laughs) uh yes the brewers association um just this says yesterday but like this week basically yeah, uh, released its annual ranking of the top 50 craft brewers based on sales volume, which is a key thing to remember. Sales volume. Yes. Uh, the top nine remain unchanged from uh, last, well, from, this is from last year, from 2018's rankings, I guess. Uh, but Artisanal Brewing Ventures, the parent company of Southern Tier, Victory, and Six Point. Still need to do an episode on them. Yeah, we do. I keep reading the name of them. Uh, overtook Deschutes Brewery for the 10th spot, knocking the Bend, Oregon-based brewer into 11th place. Should be noted, they could knock out the ladders. Could not. Like I said, they went down the ladders. Ah, (laughs) Um, uh, We didn't see too many huge shifts this year. I don't think that makes sense in a more mature industry where dynamic growth is more challenging. BA chief economist Bart Watson wrote an email to Brewbound, which, of course, is where we get most of the stories. I'd like to point um, out, though, Cincinnati Brewery, I think the only Cincinnati Brewery on the top 50 list, Rheingeist jumped three spots up. I I want to be the chief economist for, uh, <laughs> for the Brewery yeah. Association. I just need to be an economist. It just Yeah, it just sounds interesting to you, too. Uh, it says, the BA defines craft breweries as making fewer than 6 million, 6 million barrels annually and not more than 25% owned by any entities other than craft breweries, which, of course, we've talked about before, about the whole founders thing. Any any entities other than craft breweries. Wait. So if... Hmm. By by the wording of that, I'm just wondering, does Dogfish Head... I know they're, they're now wholly owned. But yeah, they they almost don't count anymore with that. But they don't. But, they, yeah, but it, it just it feels like that technically they'd still be a brewery that's owned by another craft brewery. They'll well, start true. being grouped in. So as it pointed out up there, the uh, artisanal thing is actually like three or four different breweries. Yeah. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah. God, that's so tricky. How do they keep up with that? Um, okay, so the top 10 craft breweries by sales volume to the, for two, yeah, 
2019. And number five will blow your mind because it's also one of those kinds of companies. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, these are ranked in order, also, of course. If this was a clickbait, that would have been the headline. Yeah, number, say, number five will blow your mind. <laughs> it's like, are you just trying to, to clickbait? Uh, so number one, which I think, yeah, they just, uh, they just stay there, uh, is Yingling, obviously. Uh, two is Boston Beer Company, which is, it lists all their kind of subsidiaries. So I'd like to there. point out Coney Island no longer exists. They dropped that brand. You can't mm-hmm. find it on shelves anymore because everything that was brewing that, guess what they're making now? Truly. Oh. Yeah, but that, that, that existed at In the time In 2019. That. This is, yeah. It may have been. I don't see. That's what I want to find out is when Coney Island it, dropped because you can't find it on a shelf anywhere. Yeah, but it's 2020 now. And this is, oh, yeah, this is okay. for the whole of 2019. Why don't you calm it down over there? <laughs> uh, so, yes, it does list Sam Adams, Coney Island, uh, Concrete Beach, which I, Concrete Beach and Angel City. I completely always forget that they exist. Concrete um, Beach makes my feet hurt. <laughs> The very thought. They've got to be some kind of regional market thing somewhere. Maybe it was something that was, they were just having... We had looked it up at one point, but... They were having done on the West Coast or something like that. I think it was. Um, or maybe that's the Florida one? I don't remember. Uh, either way. Uh, Sierra Nevada, number three. New Belgium, number four. Uh, number five is... How do you say that again? Duvel Mortgot? That's Mortgot. probably not right. Uh, but that includes Firestone Walker... Boulevard and Oma Gang. Um, Told you, number five will blow your mind. <laughs> that, and that's another like that's kind like of, a that's a big hitter outfit. That's, that's, a, that's a combo yeah, that's there like, that we really need to talk about too. That's that's everyone walking in, going like, "Hey guys, who uh, who wants to win awards?" <laughs> yeah, really. Like every time. one of those breweries just always walk away with all the awards. Yeah, uh, I've never heard of number six. Um, you know their Gam- brands, Gambrinus. Uh, that's um, Spotsel. Spotsel, Trumer, and Bridgeport. Hmm. Uh, number seven is Bells, of course. Uh, to be noted in the top, in the top ten, yeah, uh, probably more than that. Might be the whole list. Uh, number seven's Bells is the only. Well, no, they're not the only one. I take that back. Sierra Nevada is still family owned. Sierra, okay, yeah. Sierra uh, Nevada and Bells, the only two breweries in the top uh, ten. Oh yeah. Well, fam- now. Also currently family owned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, number eight is Canarchy, which we have actually covered on a previous episode. Um, that, of course, Oscar Blues, Cigar City, Wasatch, Squatters, um, Three Weavers, Deep Ellum, Perrin. Perrin, sorry. Uh, and then Stone is number nine, and Artisanal Brewing Ventures, number 10, which is it's the Victory Southern Tier 6 point. Weird for me to think about Bell's making more beer than Stone. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. But or Oscar Blues. But I also, feel like Oscar Blues makes a lot. Uh. Well, okay. Oscar Blues makes a lot, but it's only in like a certain region. Oh, it's the it, yeah distribution thing helps. Uh, but but Stone Stone had a rough year because Stone also had like they they were closing because they, they closed grew. Like- all the satellite locations. Yeah, they 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 mm, they went too true. big too fast, and now they've had to do some retrenching. Not not green flash retrenching, but <laughs> yeah. oof, that was another like they're around. Green flash is around. Everyone's like, when's the last time you saw a bottle of theirs? And well, they like, changed the labeling, I think, too. So, yeah, but it's back out in markets, and people are you know 
morbidly curious, I'll say, about what's, you know, what's what come is, of it. What does bankruptcy taste like? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so in the, this also... I'm just saying I should be in their marketing department. <laughs> uh, this continues to note, like, all the big changes and big events, essentially, that happened in beer uh, last year, uh, including, uh, it says, the major acquisitions um that will and these are likely going to contribute to 2020's numbers uh pretty significantly so you've got the uh the merger of course of dogfish head and boston beer um the by, uh, by the way when they say the merger of dogfish and boston beer i'm picturing the the dragon ball z fusion dance where there's going nope <gasps> yeah <laughs> that's where i was going with <sighs> someone draw that right now with sam caljoni and and jim and cook, jim cook just <sighs> That's fine. Yeah, they'd be too drunk to get their get their arms. Like well, no, they they would miss just a bit, and they'd end up being like fat version they, of them. They just it's just like holding two steins, going like good enough, or would they just fall over and miss each other completely? Going to do it. Yes, they miss. They fuse with two chairs, and they're just sitting down. <laughs> then they're two th- two thrones. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, also, of course, the New Belgium um, acquisition. And uh, which yeah, I was going to say that they were the only uh, uh, employee-owned one on that list. Yeah, not anymore. But yeah. you know what? Say, All those employees got paid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So that should be—they're going to get paid when they retire, mm. which is not going to be soon because the stock market is in the absolute toilet. Yeah. Hey, look. Long term, it'll be fine. Yeah. And of course, like on here, it notes, of course, the the huge. The, the the pandemic that's happening currently and what the that's going to do to numbers this year. Um, and then, of course, it also talks about the, uh, which we've talked about before, the Constellation brands selling Ballast Point. Um, there's, so there's For a, far less than one Ballast Point. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. But basically, 2020's numbers are going to be just bananas. It's going to be great because there's going to be like five vacant spots that are just suddenly going to open up in the top 50. And Yeah. Well, also, like... If Boston Beer has Dogfish Head's numbers, do they make more than Yingling? Then that's these a are good point. burning questions. Yeah. And Wood said company still qualify as craft, but I like so it was uh, you had it scrolled down. Uh, y- yes, to... yes, it will. They will change the rules to make sure Jim Cook keeps <laughs> they giving them do. money. <laughs> uh, so they had so they were talking a little bit in here about some of the big moves, like some of these things that some like the night moves. No, not not the night moves. Uh, talking okay. about so in in this year's in the years that this was accounting for twenty nineteen twenty nineteen. It's saying the biggest movers. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, we're uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because you just want to highlight the three Floyds. Um, <laughs> not just them. Uh, this the, is where there was like some. The, so, yeah, this uh, is where uh, excitement happens. This is where Floyds. sports casters would be in on this. <laughs> So Three Floyds jumped eight spots to number 31. Uh, Seattle-based Georgetown Brewing jumped eight spots to 33. Um, Lost Coast Brewing moved up six spots to number 41. Um, hold, on, hold on. They're in Eureka? I know, yeah. Brittany, it's made by super scientists. <laughs> if Look, only. Have you ever actually been to Eureka? There's no super scientists. But that's what, that's they what they want you to, you to think. think. Is it? There's nothing in that crap hole of a town. 
That's it's a government facility, Chris. There's a they have a hologram. You don't get to yeah. It's, that town is a skid mark for when you come out of the redwoods. I think you're so, not hearing us right now. There's a Denny's. That's it. You're not hearing us right you, now. You you've been to the Denny's. That, my that, my coffee cup was stained. Like there that, were, they just gave me the coffee cup straight off of another person's table. It's what they want you to think is the point. Anyway, uh, also um, blah, 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 Odell Brewing from Fort Collins. Uh, so that jumped up five spots to number thirty-two. I'm still mad we didn't go there when we were when we were there. When we were up there because it was, we looked on the map after or is after the fact. And it was like Odell's like two blocks away from New Belgium. And I was like, crap. Interesting. Uh, two New England breweries had the largest ranking drops uh, from <laughs> in 2019. Portland, Maine-based Shipyard, which we've mm-hmm. talked about on the show before, uh, fell thirteen spots, and then Ooh. Bridgewater Corners out of Vermont. Um, Oh, and Bridgewater Corners, Vermont-based Long Tail Brewing, or Trail. Long Trail, jeez, I can't read, uh, fell six spots. So um, That's gotta hurt, Gene. Yeah. Oh, and then North Coast, which I've heard of before, actually, surprisingly, <laughs> uh, slipped four spots to number 50. Oh. So, yeah, North Coast yeah. is old ale. Everyone, that's, like, that's one of those ones everyone loves to do verticals of their... Mm, yeah, okay. I, I scrolled down and started reading comments uh, <laughs> by accident and went, oh. Why would you do that? I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> it's a vile place of scum and villainy. Much like making wine out of your Instapot. I mean, uh, I have to pull, say we have one and I'm a little intrigued. <laughs> pulling this from CNET. Uh, Brittany, you should look up uh, uh, liquor laws before you do something like that. Hmm. But they say, crazy as it sounds, you can actually make wine right at home. No, that's not doesn't sound crazy. It's a thing. I mean, we, yeah. we've been able to do it the whole time. Just there are restrictions, uh, but you can do it in your Instapot. What has science brought? Uh, in a convenient workaround, if your local line sto- wine store is temporarily closed. But for me, it was a fun pro- project to try while observing self quarantine. Me being the person who wrote this article, not me. I don't drink wine. <laughs> uh, all you need is supermarket grape juice, proper yeast, and sugar, and you're all set. Yeah, no, that's the ingredients. I was, I was uh, going to say, well, all you need is uh, a toilet and some ketchup and... <laughs> uh, get you some truck wine. Uh, anyway, that's the theory. Uh, and now the time has come to put this crazy idea to the test. This plan was first dreamed up by intrepid food blogger David Murphy in a few a few years ago, uh, when the author read about this revolutionary instapot instant pot hack. Back then, he admit he was he admitted he was skeptical, but he was curious to try because the procedure actually works. It's a game changer for dinner parties, DIY experimentation, and possibly lowering his monthly grocery bill, but maybe increasing his uh, his legal liability. So. Uh, and now the mere act of grocery shopping feels fraught with risk. He's down to try it. Perhaps you will too. Here's how to get started. Uh, they give you kind of the, the step-by-step rundown, including sanitize the pot. Don't want to be making wine with beef stew in there. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe I do. Maybe, maybe I want a good, a good beef stew Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh man, this uh, 
this roast this uh this pot roast uh chardonnay is really hitting the spot adds it no it adds a whole other level to it so can you imagine doing like uh we did we do lasagna in ours so just basically don't clean it out afterwards just leave all the grease and stuff in there mm. and then and then make a nice sherry in your instant pot. So it's got that lasagna flavor with the sherry. Just like made into it. Don't, no. don't you don't want do that? that? I think everyone wants that. Apparently want it that. takes 50, 64 ounces of Welch's Concord grape. Uh, next, one cup of granulated sugar and then one packet of wine yeast. Uh, instead of the recommended red wine yeast, this person had used champagne yeast. Uh, his uh, wine may have turned out better. Otherwise, some brewing communities certainly seeing the praises of apparently that yeast stream, which is also used to brew mead, ciders, and other fruit-based adult beverages. Uh, hmm. But then, let's see, just kind of scrolling down through this. Uh, they recommend a 40... You, know, you go through the whole step here, you can look this up. It's pretty easy to figure out, but uh, they recommend a 48-hour a brewing time. He also suggests cycling the steam valve of your Instapot from open to closed every eight hours. Hmm. Yeah, he, probably to keep it from exploding. That was one thing I was kind of yeah. thinking about. I was like, uh, that was like low-key thinking. I was like, are you just making a bomb? <laughs> red, red bomb. <laughs> You're going to get bombed in an entirely different fashion. Hmm. <laughs> Well, uh, the final step is to transfer liquid from the pot back into the plastic juice bottle. Before you do that, make sure you properly sanitize, rinse, and dry the bottle. And you have to allow for CO2 gas created by any remaining yeast. Uh, an airlock gadget can handle that. Uh, and then, uh, then you have to sit there and let it sit. But the author goes on to say, to be ashamed, uh, he still has nine packets of yeast left in the fridge. It'd be ashamed to go to waste. I see home brewed mead, cider, even Klingon blood wine. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, cling on blood wine. With let's, some rocked. Let's get let's get there. Some gock. <laughs> oh man. I was not expecting to break out Klingon delicacies while you we were talking about this. Uh, but they seem like those those delicacies seem like something you could get in Australia though. Maybe, because there's not uh not a lot else you can get in Australia, apparently. <laughs> Nothing we want. Around Too many drop world. bears. Yeah, you got to be careful. Oh, no, what was the line from Bluey? When he's like, watch out for drop bears. And they're like, what? Those aren't real. And he's like, no, he goes, no, but seriously, watch out for snakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, when they're going to the creek. Yeah, they're go they're like going off into the woods to go to the creek. And he's like, watch out for drop bears. And the kids are like, those aren't real. And he goes, no, but seriously, watch out for snakes. <laughs> and drop so, bears. <laughs> around the Falling world. Falling koala. <laughs> Around the world, panic shoppers have bought stock or have been stocking up on supplies requiring many stores to start rationing items like toilet paper, face masks, and hand sanitizer. Uh, hopefully, not soon in Kentucky, as all the bourbon distilleries are now making hand sanitizer in mass, mostly for our state. So, hopefully, we'll get to reap that reward. Uh, now, shops in Australia have introduced measures to discourage the hoarding of another essential product. <gasps> Alcohol. Those sons. According to Reuters, 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 okay, thought I had it right. 
Australian supermarket chains, including Coles and Wool- Woolworths, is still in Australia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, have agreed- I saw that when when we were doing research for this, and I went, well, Woolworths still, exi- still exists? Apparently in Australia. And all Australian actors play American Southerners, so the old American Southern I can, store is... I, I can see that. There's a certain... There's a certain commonality. Like there's there's very little change they would have to go to get to to some American Southern accents. I just I immediately go to a brother art though. <laughs> well, I don't remember Everett. Did we get banned from all the Woolworths or just the one store? <laughs> <laughs> all right, but anyway, Woolworths have agreed to limit the amount of alcohol shoppers were allowed to buy each day after social distancing measures caused a surge in purchases. Under the new admittedly generous limits, shoppers are required to stick to two cases of beer per mixed drinks or or pre-mixed drinks drinks per day, one case of wine, a case of wine a day, and or two bottles of spirits. Two bottles of whiskey. (laughs) That is a limit. Uh, Purchases are also limited to two of the above product categories. So you couldn't be like, oh, I'm just going to you know, go down the whole list here. No, that's like, Get a, two cases of beer, one case of wine, and two bottles of, you know, j- yeah, two bottles of spirits. No, no, no. And that's not, that's not a crazy limit. No, it's not at all. Uh, these temporary measures will ensure that all consumers can get absolutely hammered at home uh, <laughs> or continue to have access to their favorite drinks when they decide to make a purchase, says the uh, CEO of Retail Drinks Australia, an industry group that recommended instituting the purchase limits. Uh, last week, the state of Western Australia imposed its own alcohol purchase limits, less to foil hoarders and more to ensure that alcohol-related issues don't uh, place an unnecessary burden on Australia's hospitals. We can't go anywhere. What should we do? Get drunk. Okay. <laughs> Alcohol. Oh God, he's he's puking black. Well, <laughs> take him to the doctor. Alcohol-related issues take up an enormous amount of resources in our health system. Western Australia's premier uh, Mark McGowan said, "These are resources we simply cannot afford to spare during the COVID nineteen situation." <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody look we're all gonna have to make some sacrifices you gotta stop getting blackout drunk for at least <laughs> at least a month see scotland couldn't handle it hmm. they, they just that wouldn't happen so i'm, I'm assuming what's, what's the drink they drink all the time in scotland not tenants are, are you talking about alcohol or are you talking about iron brew the, iron brew that's what it was all that no that was so immediately <laughs> on uh reddit i follow our uh our iron brew it was our uh it's like scottish twitter or something and it's just like these horrid scottish twitter posts that you can barely decipher what they say but one (laughs) just had a picture of a guy with a shopping cart absolutely filled to the brim with iron brew as everyone's hoarding (laughs) toilet paper and everything else this dude was like i need all the iron brew in the world (laughs) that stuff is nasty I don't know what it tastes like, but it looks just like orange soda. It does not taste like it. It's not like Fanta? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, well, what? so you wouldn't drink it? Nope, I, I do have to say Godspeed to our friends from down under. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you will get through this. You may be sober, but you will get through it. Well, 
You know what could help? They had a little doggy delivering them uh, a little pupperoo. You know, dogs drinks. always help. That's actually just science. <laughs> uh, so due to social distancing restrictions, wineries and shops around the country have faced the daunting task of shifting their business models to delivery and or curbside pickup. Luckily for one Maryland winery, help has come in the form of a dedicated delivery dog. I would die. Like, that is so cute. Okay. Uh, when Lori Yada, co-owner of Hag- Hagerstown, Hagerstown's uh, Stonehouse Urban Winery, learned that her business would be limited to carryout orders, she decided to enlist Soda Pup, her 11-year-old Brindle Boxer, to help fulfill customers' orders. As Yada told the Herald Mail, Soda Pup, the name, uh, was already a popular presence in the winery's tasting room and shop, and she realized he would make an excellent delivery boy in addition to an unofficial mascot. Now, any customer picking up their order is greeted by Soda Pup, who wears a saddlebag capable of holding up to four bottles of wine. And there's a picture of Soda Pup. Because, yeah, it's adorable. Um, besides customers being met by a friendly pooch, having Soda Pup deliver the wines comes with an added health and safety bonuses. Uh, according to, of course, World Health Organization, there is no evidence dogs can contract or spread COVID-19. Since Soda Pup was deputized for delivery, businesses at Stonehouse has remained, or business has, at Stonehouse has remained steady. First-time sales have been have even increased, thanks part to the dog's popularity, and some visitors have just come to get a photo with him. I was going to say <laughs> that has to be an Instagram thing. So, oh, okay, it has to be. So, so the dog just goes to like outside the brewery, not. So he's uh he's the I don't know what the go between like so. Yeah, but from, I just like my, would... my thought was like someone's like here, they're stuck at home going, I need delivery wine. And then this little dog just comes plotting along to the house. No, I'm sure he just runs out to the car, like to drive it, up. I, the curbside. So, like, I actually, I we got pizza today at a place where like I, you had to do curbside and you just kind of pull up and they, they you know, hand it. And a dog the comes out. With... And so, yeah, so for this, he would just come out with the bottles of wine and the little. Big smile <laughs> on his face, bag. butt wagging back and forth, just happy to see you. Yeah. Carrying his precious cargo. That's great. I mean, it really, it makes everything better, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> dogs and breweries or, or wineries. Dogs and or alcohol, you know. Dogs and alcohol, like they go together. You shouldn't give your dogs alcohol, but. No, but they can help help the, the, the image and the feeling. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, speaking of helping, uh, everyone should keep in mind that your local alcohol institutions and uh, breweries really need your help during this time. Uh, they are probably all on the verge of closing for good. That is no joke. So give give all your local spots, the business, the places that are still doing carry out. Uh, go go get some beers from them. Go get a growler, howler filled. Go buy some cans if they're selling cans. They need your business now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we would like to remind everyone that this is our news-only show, but we do a weekly long-form show discussing the science and history around what you drink. If you like what you hear and you want to support, have a drink. Um, we know that that is difficult right now, but if you are able to, it would be wonderful. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow, or you can also go to haveadrinkstore.com. And uh, we will see you again in another couple of weeks. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>